All right, it is personal mastery on The Morning Flavor. It happens every Monday at this time. And Dr. Tepisoma Denji joins us once again. Good morning, Doc. Good morning, family. How are you guys? Very well, and you, Doc? I am very well. Thank you so much. That's good to hear. This is something that is um, very, very relative. um, And also something that I have also had a personal sort of battle with the conflict. When you have someone in the family you know and love and, you know, you grew up with, resort to a life of crime or commits crime. And when they're caught out and they are now facing the might of the law, there lies in the crossroads. Of course, the law must take its course. Nobody must be protected. But there is an impact that this has on the family because there are relationships. There's a bond here. Let's talk about, you know, how we should handle situations like this. How do we manage this sort of intensity that we get confronted with when we have a loved one in the family who is accused of a crime? You know, what is interesting is that very often we want to limit the conversation between the accuser and the accused, um, looking at how they are re- uh, um, reacting, how they feel and their experiences. But we also know that crime, especially, they affect other people besides the, the people, the primary people who are involved. So as, as, a, as a family member to a significant other who's been accused of a crime, one of the first things that we want to talk to you about is the fact that you are going to react emotionally. You're going to have feelings, whether you're feeling shock, whether you're feeling denial, whether you're feeling angry, or whether you're feeling a sense of guilt because now people are going to judge you by association. They're going to also find that you are also responsible or you're complicit in it. So whatever emotions that you have, the first thing is when the time, when that information lands with you, when the news lands with you, recognize that you're going to experience certain emotions. But also you're going to have certain thoughts, whether you're now beginning to question who is this person, do I know them, or you're even going to try and justify what has happened or try to minimize it, or even try to assume that because I do not know the accuser or the victim or the survivor, whatever they may be, you might want to say, because I don't know them, I don't have to believe them, I don't owe them any loyalty. So you go through certain internal chatters in yourself, but also you might want to have a immediate reaction to react, whether in terms of hitting out, lashing out, or even just going on on public and, and wanting to, 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 to declare your, 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 your allegiance and your support. But the first thing is take the time to recognize you're going to feel the image is going to land on you and then process what's happening to you. And then allow also other people also to process what's happening because you're not the only one affected. The key thing is avoid immediate reaction because if you're just responding without properly having processed what you are going through, you might find that you actually put your, your foot into your mouth and then you regret the types of actions that you're taking as an immediate reaction. So that's the first thing. The second step is when you have process of what you're feeling, particularly when you start recognizing that I am feeling angry, this person is victimizing us, or no, it's us against the world, whatever the issue might be that you at that moment are going through. I want mm-hmm. to encourage you to close the loop. Most of us, when we want to process what we're doing, we want to rush and fast forward through the discomfort that these types of information create in ourselves. Because now you're having doubt, now you're having fear, now you're feeling guilt, now you're feeling anger, now you're feeling support. You're seeing it as a testimony for you to show loyalty, to show love and unconditional love and acceptance. But all of those things are complicated. There's a cacophony of all the different things that have been triggered. But close the loop. And what I mean by closing the loop is take the time to process the situation from different perspectives. The perspective of your friend or your family member, 
the perspective of the accuser or the victim, because if you're moving from just them accusing and you recognize them as a victim, you're actually acknowledging that something bad has been done to them. If you see them as a survivor, you're recognizing that it takes great guts. It, it takes a lot of resolve for them to be able to come out and speak about it. And for them, it's a, it's a journey in terms of healing, in terms of taking back their life and taking back their power. But also then process it from the perspective of how you are feeling and what's happening in your environment. When you are not in a position to process a different vantage point, understand that you are rushing into judgment because you actually need to be able to go through the different processes. And if you can't, understand that you are also limited in terms of being able to determine your position and then being able to uh, respond accurately. It is important that even if you are trying to show support to your loved one, you understand that you can show them support and still be upset with what they have done. You can also Mm -hmm. show support to the victim or the survivor while you are still choosing to provide support to your loved one. So those types of complicated feelings, most of us, we don't want to deal with them. We prefer to choose one position that is our default, that is comfortable, that is familiar, that is safe, and mm. then not have to put ourselves out in terms of dealing with all of that cognitive dissonance that happens because of there's a misalignment in terms of what we want and what is uncomfortable to do. So those two things become important. Close the loops in terms of what informs your next step when sure. you move forward. Sure. I mean, there's no question that it's it's so difficult. And, um, you know, there's, of course, the issue of, you know, who to believe and who not to believe. But then there's the issue of your position. I mean, if you turn your back on your family simply because they're accused of something, you know, you might then, then be getting a lot of flack from the rest of the family if you yeah. if you support them you know, through this difficult time again. So it is a very precarious position, Doc. And uh, when we come back from the break, I'd love to, you know, unpack that as to where it ultimately leaves you within the family dynamics as well or in your circle of of those who are close to you. Because, um, of course, uh, we often find ourselves in these situations. So Dr. Matepiso Matenji joins us on the line. And uh, today we are looking at something that we are often faced with, where we have those who are close to us, a loved one, a family member accused of a crime, how this impacts us and how we should manage situations like these. We will check out any comments you may have for us. If you have personal experience, you can call us 089-110-3377 or you can tweet us and hashtag the morning flavor. It is eight minutes to nine on the morning flavor and uh, it is personal mastery. We continue with Dr. Tepiso Matenji. Now, Doc, we have about five minutes left, but here's the thing. What do we... What do we say to this individual who's facing the heat from the law for being accused of all types of crimes, you know, whether it's murder, whether it's rape, whether it's theft, whatever it is? I mean, what, what sort of conversations do we have with them? Because, yes, maybe they may not be jailed immediately. Maybe they may be jailed and then released on bail, etc. But they'll be there within our space. So what do we say? What conversations can we have with them? Um, if you, when you want to have that conversation, I encourage you to please stay open to possibilities in spite of your comfort. Because if you're going to have a conversation with the accused, with the hope that they're going to tell you that, no, it didn't happen, and they tell you that, and then you decide that that's the truth and that's all I'm going to, 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 to go with, then you're also closing yourself to, to possibilities that this person could actually be lying to you. They might not be, they might not be honest enough or have the integrity to be able to own up to their actions in front of you. And they might even hope that the system in South Africa is so poor in terms of the justice and they might not go through with it and they might not even be prosecuted. So when you're going to have that conversation, open yourself up to possibility so that when you are speaking to them, you are able to affirm your values, you are able to actually indicate what your position is and what you need 
in order to be able to move forward in terms of taking your next steps in the relationship or in terms of them being able to be there to support you or to support them. Because if you are going to do things because somebody has, has, has begged you and it's based on family, but those things that you were doing, whether in a show of support or in a show of judgment, they are not congruent with who you are and they are not congruent with your values. You're only going to create even more harm to yourself and to other people who are looking up to you. So be clear about what you need to be able to move on and be clear also about what you need this person to be able to do in order for the relationship to move forward. Finally, understand that it is okay for you to change your mind. It is okay for you to begin in the the beginning that I am willing to hear and I'm willing to roll with you. But that mindset of I'm your ride or die, even when things are going badly, could actually be communicating very different values to the ones that you initially say you adhere to. So if you are against sexual misconduct or you are against uh, sexual abuse or whatever kind of crime that a person is persecuted, and yet Mm. you do not in terms of your values and action, you actually show that you're supporting, but you're not even communicating how this person has to go about getting the healing, getting the support, and get against the remediation and the rehabilitation that they require. Then your, your, your words of saying, I'm against the abuse, I'm against the violence, against women or whatever, is actually contradictory. So be clear about the fact that you can shift the position, especially as the story evolves. It does not mean you're abandoning a person. The issue of now I'm able to make more informed decisions as I find more information. But also, be clear also about what the remediation process needs to be. It is possible for you to have more than one position, even if to an outsider it looks like it's contradictory. What I'm trying to say is that I can be against gender-based violence and still support the family member who's been accused of it in the way that I'm supporting you so that you get the therapy that you need, you get the rehabilitation that you need because we need you to be a healing person and not continue with that kind of behavior. However, I can also be able to say I stand against gender-based violence and speak about it openly, meaning that I can actually do both. So try not to limit yourself and put yourself in a pigeonhole just because that's the safest or you think you need to be able to show blind loyalty and blind faith when in fact the situation could be just as bad, you might not even know that by doing that, you're denying the person who is actually perpetrating the crime the opportunity to learn and hold them accountable to a higher standard of behavior. It is your duty. Even if you love somebody unconditionally, it is important that you hold them accountable to a higher standard of behavior and, and, and that they actually have to be able to face the consequences of the, what they have done. It is so powerful what you've just said, Doc, particularly about also helping them heal. Um, because, of yeah. course, there is obviously a problem if you are committing crime. And as much as we have a correctional service that is designed to correct wrong behavior, but there's also work that needs to be done even outside of a prison. And again, as you pointed out, you know, making sure that you are there for those people purely to help them through those difficulties. Goodness me, it's, it's a difficult one. But I certainly hope that um, uh, today's conversation, Doc, has opened up the doors and has really uh, enlightened and empowered many people out there who are faced with this. We appreciate your time and uh, thank you very much for uh, spending your morning with us. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, good, good morning to everybody. Have a good week. Uh, just a quick Thank question, you, Doc, before you go. Do you um, support any local football team? Uh, I am married to a Kiva Chiefs uh, supporter. What are you trying to do more? I'm trying you know, to ask you if please don't what are you do support. And I have been with my husband for 25 years. What are you trying to do? <laughs>
All right. All right, Kosi. We will take you as a well Kosi and we will leave no. it there. Thank you very much. Oh, no. no, that's that's what it is. No. That's what it is. Doc, just keep track, on watching so your rear view mirror. Much. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> and tell hubby to do the same. Just watch the mirror. Watch the mirror. <laughs> all right. Have a wonderful morning. Cool stuff. All right, that's a wrap from us. Uh, we are done. Thank you very much for tuning into the Morning Flavor. We are a few minutes away from the bridge, so let's give them time to set up and roll from 9 a.m. It's a good morning. A good day. It's a good day and, and good, good vibes. Good vibes.